Welcome to a bonus episode of the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for your recommendations. Now let's get to today's bonus episode. Bonus episode time. Welcome back to the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. This is your host, Lane Taylor. Hope everyone is having a fantastic day. This episode came highly requested, highly requested. And so if you aren't following along on the new Instagram page on the Real Health Podcast, that's where you can give suggestions on like what we're going to cover today. Today's topic is something that is um, happening in society right now. We're going to touch on the C-19 um, jab or shot. That's what you're going to hear it referred to today. Dr. Barrett wants to weigh on, weigh in with some research, some evidence-based um, studies that are out there. And with that, I'll kick it over to Dr. B. What's going on, sir? Hey, man. Yeah, great to be here. Um, and today really is going to be a nice quick segment on risk versus benefit ratio. That's it. I mean, just what does research show today as uh, the C19 jab is beneficial for kids. Should they be? Uh, should they get it? Um, should they not? And although uh, you obviously want to have a discussion with your medical provider, um, we are just going to provide research and then let you have your own decision, weigh in on your own decision. And uh, inevitably, um, this is this is what we should be doing. We should take in information, be able to decide for ourselves if this route of medical intervention is beneficial or we should avoid it. Yeah, and I think just to preference with this, this is this is a big topic yeah. in our country right now. And I believe that knowledge is power. That's right. And this is what we hope to add today. So with that, where do you want to start? And then I guess at the end of it, what do you hope the listeners get out of this? Well, let's start with um, uh, the, the virus and how many children are affected today. Up to this point, it's been in our population for you know 18 months, um, almost two years now. So how, how has its impact been on children so far? And is that a concern? Is that a red flag? And then what is the current recommended medical intervention? And is that a concern, red flag? And then what are some alternative solutions in lieu of the C19 jab? So at the end of it, you just have information to make what we call an informed consent. And I don't know what's happened uh, to today's society, but we can't make an informed consent. Uh, we aren't provided with data from medical practitioners uh, to allow us to make an informed consent. So it's just, hey, you do this because I say you do this, right? And so we just want to provide the content and then let you decide on your own with your medical provider and hopefully have some better questions to ask. Now, I'm super passionate about this because up to this point, we haven't jabbed our kids at all with anything. And so I know we're kind of like this outlier in society, yeah. but we've, we've rolled with uh, whether it be chickenpox um, or whether it be measles, mumps, rubella, right? So we've rolled with all of the jabs and, and decided, hey, these just aren't best for our children. And our children are 10, 8, 6, and 2. And so we've just never done it with anything else. So just like any, any other additional jab that's put on the market, hey, should we do this for our children? Um, so I think the best place to start is where we at as a society today, okay. and it's uh, in the specifically the C virus's effects on children. Just to level set, we are in November 11th, 
2021, just to level set with some of the data that we'll speak to and some of the research that we'll speak to. I think that's important for that people is, to know. That's good. So CDC right now has us at, if you are a male zero four years of age, there's been 108 related deaths. If you are a male between the age of five and 18, there's been just over 270, 272 exactly. This is from the CDC website. If you're a female between the age of zero to four, we are at 102 deaths. And then if you are a female between the age of five and 18, we're at 218 deaths. So those are our current statistics. Now we have to keep in mind that those stats are based upon what we do with C virus up to this point, which means if you have uh, a hospitalization and you end up dying, but with your death, you tested positive then it is a C-related death. Mm -hmm. So that, that number is infused into these statistics. So the question is how many people have died because of versus with. And also when we really look at testing today, it's, 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 not, it's not super reliable. But so that, those stats, it is important to understand that that is dying with the C-virus. I want to re revisit just real quick what you just said. So if someone goes in and they die and they test positive for COVID, it is a COVID death. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. Okay. I just want to make sure that I heard that right and so we could revisit. Okay. Awesome. So when we also look at these deaths, um, they all have comorbidities. So if we look at the healthy population, um, it's really hard to ascertain uh, what a healthy child today's risk is with COVID uh, precisely. So um, that just gives us a preliminary data. But if we really look at it, I mean, we're talking about uh, literally just a couple hundred children um, in, in, in a country of 300 million people Correct. that have, have died because of or with COVID. Correct. So that's our current state of death rates. Okay. So moving on to, to the next thing that we want to cover is... Oh, let's talk through then the risk of inter medical intervention. Okay. So if, if then there's a red flag, say, oh man, those, those rates are high. If you think that's high, which it isn't. it isn't. And so you need to medically intervene, then is the vaccine going to be beneficial? All right. Is the C19 jab going to be beneficial at all to the, to the child? So if we look at the problem is the data on children, it, it, it doesn't really exist. Um, and, and why I say that is because the data that came out, there was a study with a couple hundred, excuse me, a couple thousand kids, but they shrink the data down to be beneficial for the study, which means if there was an, a negative symptom involved, they, they actually kicked you out of the study. Now, this happens all the time. This, this happens all the time. My father was in a study because he has macular degeneration. So he was in a study. And they were doing uh, an experimental um, procedure, and uh, they wanted to see outcomes. Well, he 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 started having negative symptoms through the study, that it, it, he got kicked out. Why? Because they want to have, right, beneficial research. They want to have research to support the need for the medical intervention, whether that's a, a pharmaceutical drug or a shot. So is that known? Uh, man, I mean, I think people know about it, but they really don't know the depth of, of what these studies, like when do people hear, this was a double blind placebo control study. Yeah, it wasn't, it was just funded enough mm. 
to create the outcome that you want. And and listen, they're going to create as many you know opportunities to benefit whatever they're trying to push across the, the into the market. So even the study that included a couple thousand kids, it was a beneficial study for them specifically because they were able to remove outliers and just give them short-term data that was like, hey, these, these kids were good. The, the problem again though is we don't look at effects of any medical intervention like a jab of any sort long-term. So we're not even been out that long. No, it hasn't. So when we talk about research, we don't have any. The only the, the research that's being done today is literally being done in a mass market of billions of people. That's our data. We're not going to have data come back to us for years to come. We won't see infertility for years to come. We won't see lymphomas for years to come. We won't see the effects of myocarditis for years to come. And, and tell, let me just tell you the truth. Right now, we are seeing the C19 jab create myocarditis in children, heart inflammation. But don't worry because we just created a medication to treat myocarditis. So, hey, if, if you get the jab and get myocarditis, now you have a drug to treat your, the, your kid's myocarditis symptoms. And so what we're looking at is, again, the typical pharmaceutical model. Um, one intervention uh, will always usually include another intervention mm-hmm. and another intervention. And so with children and their developing bodies, when we look at stats, and there's only a few hundred children that have died with uh, COVID, um, if we look at those statistics, and then we look at the risk associated with the C19 jab in children and the effects, like I said, mainly on the heart, but also on the blood, blood clots. So we're seeing myocarditis, we're seeing blood clots, we're seeing lymphedema, okay? So that's like swelling within the lymphatic system, and we're seeing deaths. We're, we're seeing deaths. People... Kids are already dying. They're already being reported to the vaccine-induced uh, death website. Okay, so you're seeing that data, and some other people that are seeking out information that are concerned parents are seeing that data, but it's not out there in the in the public. And so I think that's why this is important to express. Hey, this is this is the actual research that's out there. This is why parents that are concerned or parents that are looking to do this for their kids, why it's important for them to to look into stuff like this. Yeah, the, it, it is. And, and just to kind of put it a, a nail in the coffin, kids are practically immune from dying from this. Okay. It, it, the, the only thing left would be kids would be called immortal. Like that's, that's like the how fine line, how resistant they are to death with, with C19. So we have to look at it like, hey, is it better for my child to be exposed naturally and build immunity on their own. And, and, and here's what we're seeing from data. Natural antibody formation lasts longer, is more effective, and is more broad-based against variants. And we don't have time to go into why, it's, why we're seeing so many variants and, and the current uh, chaos of why we haven't reached herd immunity because of the C19 jab, but in short, it's natural immunity is better, stronger, and lasts longer. That's mm-hmm. that's just the simple way of putting it. So, um, so I, I personally 
am not recommending it to any of my children, and I'll let you decide for yourself. But if we look at, if, if we do just look at the simple data, it, it, it's not it's not supportive at all for children. Anything that you want to leave with the parents that are listening to this with have kids? Any last second thoughts? I know you just made a statement right there, but anything before we wrap up this episode? Yeah. Hey, parents, uh, decrease sugar. There's no such thing as the flu season. Okay. It's called sugar season. So uh, please decrease sugar. Uh, let your child get some vitamin D, right? And if they can't get it from a son, give them, you know, it could be as simple as 400 to 1,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. Give them 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day and let them chew on some elderberry and, and zinc. If you think that episode ended just a little bit abruptly after the words zinc, we had a technical difficulty, but Dr. Barrett was wrapping things up, thanking his listeners. And again, we thank you for tuning in to the bonus episode of the Real Health Podcast with Dr. B. Be on the lookout for more bonus episodes. If you have a recommendation, make sure you follow the Instagram, the Real Health Podcast. And we will see you, hear from you next time.